You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Welcome back, everybody, to the Oz Network as we continue on with Lost. Look at this, two episodes in two weeks, yay! We're sort of slightly getting into a bit of a routine here until we can wait for another four months. We are back to cover the third episode of the third season of Lost. It is called Further Instructions. Oh, you love this episode. It's so good. It first aired on the 18th of October. 2006, only two years and eight days after the sad loss of Christopher Reeve. Uh, it was written by Carlton Cuse, really? Uh, and Elizabeth Sarnoff, directed <laughs> by Stephen Williams. Uh, I'm a bit disappointed this episode was co-written by him. Uh, anyway, uh, my name is Ben, and yeah, I know I get it. You're going to go into your little magic hut, and I'm going to stand out here in case you devolve into a monkey. Uh, my name is Noran. I think I need to be friends with Mike and Jan to get through this episode because uh, I think it's a metaphor for what you what substances you need to survive this episode, perhaps. Yeah, this one's a strange one because apparently Locke lived on a dope farm and was friends with Jesse Pinkman. Um, what? Why? We don't even know why he got in a wheelchair at this point. <laughs> Why are we watching this? What, like, has it ever been explained? I have not read anything about why this is a thing. Like, Locke lived in a commune that grew weed. What? (laughs) The explanation is the network didn't give them an end date until after this episode was written. So (laughs) let's lock them in a bear cage for seven episodes and do episodes about pushing dope. Yep. And bringing back Boone. Boone is back, everyone. Boone is back. Yeah. Special guest. Now, that's one way to save a dreadful episode <laughs> is let's just chuck Boone in for good measure. And, I mean, let's let's be honest. Boone doesn't even need to be in this episode. He serves no purpose to the episode. Hey, it's great. He looks him. great. He's got long hair and he gets a bit bloody. So, like, bloody Boone's back. It'd be first of... T- Two times we see Boone this season, oh, so very exciting. He's in more episodes this season than he was in season one. Like, Jesus. He's in the same amount of episodes this <laughs> season than Adewale. Oh, God. Yeah, this echoes back in this Remember him? You won't in a few episodes. I honestly yeah, this, forgot the, that he was still alive still. The second last still. Triple A. Literally the second last time we'll ever see him. Because, like, again, going back to what I said last week about watching Chronologically Lost, like, I got to this episode, and when he was there, I'm like, oh, wait, he's still alive? I thought he died. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. He's half dead. So we just get through this flashback first, or shall we do the island stuff first? I don't even know. Um, Get this flashback out of the way. I don't even think I'm going to read my notes. I think it's just fun to go through Lostpedia here. Uh, it literally starts off with, At some point, Locke is working and living in a rural commune near Humboldt <laughs> Country <laughs> County. Just you reading that is making me cringe. So it's pissing down with rain. Some guy's waiting at the side of the road, and he's old, smiley old Locke in a trucker hat, picking up little Jesse Pinkman lookalike. This is Aaron Paul. Like, this has to be him. Uh, the amount of times on, like, the Lost Reddit, someone says, oh, and that time that, <laughs> that Jesse was in Lost, but no, it's Justin Chatwin. Do you think it would have been better if this had to beat Aaron Paul? No. <laughs> <laughs> And I like Aaron Paul. 
<laughs> just like some weird crossover between Lost and... This guy, Justin Chatwin, played Goku in the live-action <laughs> Dragon Ball Of course he did. Evolution. <laughs> well... This is Goku. I'm just I'm just quickly looking up here, Aaron Paul. Um, in 2004, no, this is 2006. He was well, he was in the same. I think it was the same Mission Impossible that. Um, no, it wasn't. I was going to say the same Mission Impossible that um, Sawyer was in, but he was in Mission Impossible Three. He's the brother, I think, of Tom Cruise's wife in that movie. Um, so in 2006, Aaron Paul was doing Choking Man and Mission Impossible Three. <laughs> Um, he was actually in a Kevin Spacey Justin. movie. He was in K-Pax. I wonder if Kevin Spacey got a bit close with him, allegedly. Uh, <laughs> so, sadly, not the make or break year for Aaron Paul. But uh, yes, Justin Chatwin uh, is picked up here. Huge. Huge. What a star. I, I bet you Justin Chatwin's going to be in Murphy Brown soon. Um, oh, Justin Chatwin's in Super Babies, <laughs> Baby Genius too. Underrated. Uh, probably the best of the Super Babies franchise. Um, the extended yeah. universe <laughs> coming soon. Yeah, the sure. crossover with Snow Dogs, uh, but they're, they're pulled over. <laughs> Super baby first. <laughs> they're, they're pulled That's over so by dumb. the biggest asshole cop in the world. Who? Uh, Why is he such an asshole? <laughs> he's got his own page on Lostpedia. Um, what is he doing? Sheriff Williams appears in Locke's flashbacks. Oh, Stops Sheriff Locke. Williams is a dick. Dick of the week. <laughs> Huge dick. Like, for what reason does he pull him over? Uh, <laughs> racial I profile. Pull you over for a, a hitchhiker. <laughs> oh, it's, it's my uncle. <laughs> theories. He's got theories. Yeah, he has. His harassment is part of planting Eddie into the commune. Oh. <laughs> Um, <laughs> this episode is so bad. So yes, he pulls him over. Locke's got guns in the back seat. He's got all things in a red notebook. Eddie plays along with it. Like, okay, spoiler alert, he's an undercover cop. But like, if you were hitchhiking, you got pulled over by a cop, and you find out that the guy you just jumped in a ute with has a truck full of guns, are you just going to be like, oh, here's the uncle? <laughs> Old dummy Joe guy in a baseball game. Can we just point out, Nora and I are Australian. We know what Ivan Milat did with guns to hitchhikers, all right? We're running off the other direction. Um... <laughs> What's with all the guns, uncle? <laughs> it reminds me we watched um, uh, Hunt for the Wilder People recently again when he keeps calling Sam your uncle. <laughs> God, I love that movie. Um, I see. So, uh, they arrive at the commune. Um, there's a musical note here. Locked out again. Oh, I get it. <laughs> um, we find out that Locke has a sweat lodge. This is where this whole sweat lodge idea comes from. <laughs> this is getting a little creepy. <laughs> Basically, go in there. Coming by sweat lodge, Justin. <laughs> where to find out whether you're a farmer or a hunter. I don't want to be either. <laughs> <laughs> Come into my sweat lodge and find out if you're a farmer or a hunter. Again, let's just go over the things here. We don't know that he's an undercover cop. He's been picked up by a creepy old guy on the side of the road with a truck full of guns and he's inviting him to come into his sweat lodge. God, Eddie really didn't have anything going on, did he? This is creepy as fuck. I- <laughs> 
Let's find out if you're a farmer, Andy. And in five minutes' time, they're at a giant table where basically Mike and Jan introduce him as one of the family. Any friend of Locke is a friend of ours. Now remove all your clothes, folks. <laughs> this is You just need to change the music, and this is like a classic 70s horror film. <laughs> Uh, I do love the Geronimo Jackson show, yeah. though. That's great. Yeah. Oh, yeah, my dad was a, you know, fan of them or whatever it was. Um, I do like the fact the that The thing you... is, my dad is a big Grateful Dead fan, and some of his friends are definitely Mike and Jan, where they're like, well, Geronimo Jackson is really quite good. Can I just point out, <laughs> if, you, for dad. if you click on Mike and Jan's um, pages on Mosspedia and you flick between them, I think they're the same person. I think Jan is just Mike... With uh, blonde hair, and Mike is just Jen with dark hair. Is that in the? Is that in the theory? Probably. <laughs> they went into a sweat lodge and they came out as two different people. I just don't get this. Anything that's happening. So yes, there's a sweat lodge. They're at table for dinner. Mike and Jan have to be some of the worst characters. I love here theories on Jan, possibly a member of Geronimo Jackson. <laughs> How? <laughs> and also, possibly Karen DeGroote, Who's the, the founder of Dharma Initiative. <laughs> I, I think whoever made these theories was smoking whatever Mike and Jan were now. <laughs> Oh, have you seen Mike's version these theories? He is the foster brother of Locke. <laughs> Due to physical similarities. The one whose dog died and whose mum looked up. <laughs> In the hunting party, Tom said he's a very special boy about Walt. In further instructions, Mike Sillery says he's a very special guy about Locke. <laughs> I would have loved it if Mike said he uh, Locke's a very special boy. Well, they're also claiming that Mike's part of Geronimo Jackson. <laughs> I love the way they talk about Jan, they said, possibly a member of Geronimo Jackson. Mike's have got a whole thing. <laughs> oh, typical people at Lostpedia, sexist, because she's a woman. How, how Mike made a sly comment to the fact <laughs> that he was a member of Geronimo Jackson. Oh, if it didn't take us four months to record it, but to rank the characters. If I said... Oh, I love the Beatles. Excellent taste of music. Oh, he must be in the Beatles. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly... And it, Mike and Jan, they're just fanboys and girls. At the end of the day, though, both these actors can say they were in Lost. They probably go to conventions. <laughs> Together, Mike and Jan. Q goes out the door. <laughs> Oh, Murphy Brown or Mike and Jan from Lost. Chris Chris Mulkey. Oh, this oh he was in Jag, CSI, and CSI Miami. Oh, God, he's been around a lot then, hasn't he? He's done the circuit. <laughs> <laughs> and Jan, Virginia Morris. Oh, uh, loved her in that was, other she one. She was in Shapeshifter from 2000. Oh, she was in Cold Case and ER. Well, I tell you what. You know, Mike may have his CSIs, but Jan's got his cold case. <laughs> oh, do you remember Cold Case? That show was alright for like a season. Uh, I choose to forget. Um, oh, she doesn't even have a Wikipedia. Oh, well, you know you're not famous if you don't have a Wikipedia. <laughs> she was in Species. 
Uh, was she the species <laughs> species of Jan? <laughs> oh, she was in Saving John Murphy. Oh. Is that like a John Murphy Brown? <laughs> it's um, oh, Murphy Brown's the son. Ha- the Haunting of Seacliff Inn. Oh, yes. I love that one. It's a good... <laughs> Mm-hmm. She was caged. She was caged woman number four in the Twilight Zone. <laughs> she tried out for cage woman number three, but she couldn't get it. She actually uh, auditioned to be in the cages for Lost. That's her specialty, but they put her for Mike and Jan instead. Yep, yep. She just missed oh, they've got her demo reels and everything. Oh, oh wow. God. Does she have a website? Can we send her an email? She does shapeshifterproductions.com. Wow. She was the species. <laughs> she is Mike and Art 404 error page. <laughs> oh, no. Did you be shapeshifting? Or brain cancer symptoms? <laughs> or super granny game? What? <laughs> I, I think I've been smoking while Jan, Jan's <laughs> I think so too. Um, oh my god! <laughs> so That's Virginia Morris. Um, apparently, then um, Eddie's been there for six weeks now, um, and he's trying to hook him up with some young girl. <laughs> They're all looking for daddies. <laughs> <laughs> I Can I just say for for Mike's website, it gives you a link to Chris Mulkey. And when you click on it, it takes you to a completely unrelated man's Facebook page of Chris Bosch. <laughs> so right now it looks like I'm stalking some millennial guy called Chris Mulkey because someone's linked his his Facebook with Mike on the Lost Witch here. You should send him a message and say, hey, do you want to come on the Oz Network to talk about your time on Lost? <laughs> talk about Mike. Let's see, he studied in Texas... Um, well, maybe he's a shapeshifter as well. Like, he can shapeshift into a millennial guy called Chris. <laughs> oh, he looks fun. <laughs> message him. Um, <laughs> while you're messaging him, um, Locke wants to be a daddy. Eddie sees him carrying fertilizer into a tent. Um, and he says he wants into whatever they're blowing up, and Locke laughs at him. Uh, <laughs> Meanwhile, Locke goes into the tent. There's heaps of weed. Um, Mike and, what is this? Mike and Jan panic and go off at Locke because he brought a cop there. We find out that Eddie's a cop. Uh, he's going to go fix this. And then the next scene, Locke and uh, Eddie are hunting. Locke pulls a gun on Eddie. Uh, Locke doesn't shoot Eddie. Eddie walks away. Uh, <laughs> so can, can so many you... unanswered questions. What happened to Mike and Jan? <laughs> I need to ask the obvious one here. So Locke knows he's living with people who grow weed? <laughs> what? It's very out of character for Locke, but also he does do some weird juju stuff, at, again, in this episode. So maybe he learnt that from Mike and Jan. I just... I don't... Uh, like, the whole episode is just another, <laughs> like, oh, boo-hoo, Locke had a family, then he lost it again. Oh, no, like... What? I think it will ultimately go down in this sixth season show before Lost Reboot as the worst, most pointless flashback. It's... Maybe it can be rivaled with Jack's tattoos, but I actually think this might be worse. Well, at the end of the day, as bad as Jack's tattoos are, 
the the flashback, it at least explains something. <laughs> like we're not dying to find out why he got him, but at least we so got an explanation. Of for law. This is like if all. And like, oh. I, I love that Mike and Joanna are trying to like keep it uh, hidden and that, but the guy's putting the fertilizer into the hot house. <laughs> they were the most suspicious looking carriers I've ever seen. It's yeah, uh, this is terrible. I'm just this, we can I reiterate? We don't know how Locke got in a wheelchair. At this point, watching this in 2006, we have no idea how he got in the wheelchair. But, you think we're going to get that answer in episode three? But we find out that he was with pot people, and that's the most important thing. <laughs> but is he like one of them? Is he a part of this, or is what? he just like turning a blind eye to it because he loves the family? Or what is going on? That's where like you have him shocked as he walks into the tent, like, "Oh my god, you're like, growing oh, weed!" No, like, "Oh, oh my boo!" Or he just not not just like, "Oh, I can fix." <laughs> Maybe he's, maybe he's getting a cut of this. Yeah. He's just a business. This is secretly everything. It's just all, you know, Locke is just secretly a massive international drug ringer. Uh, but it's like the undertones of loss that you've never picked up on. Um, yeah, cool. So we've covered the flashback. Uh, it's good. Terrible. That's Locke the daddy. Locke. Uh, Jesse Pinkman breaking down. Meanwhile, Locke wakes up. Very similar to how Jack wakes up in the first episode. Um, Locke nearly gets hit with a Jesus stick. <laughs> I just love random. Not even by Echo this time. Just they couldn't get Adewale for this thing, so they no. just got the Jesus thing. Um, and then he hears uh, footsteps and sees. Uh, well, like it's it's Desmond, but we don't know. This is the random thing too. Like, okay, it doesn't help that it's been four months since we've watched these episodes, uh, and that I've watched chronologically lost. But like, I've honestly completely forgotten what happened at the end of season two. I'm like, oh yeah, the hatch blew up. That's right. Where are but these? It's not even you. They. They were quite criticised by the fact, if you think about it, this is three weeks into watching the show, and it's the first time we're seeing Locke, arguably one of the biggest characters. Uh, this was a big criticism that episode one only showed Jack, Sawyer, Kate. Episode two really only showed Saeed, Sun, Jin. So it must have been quite frustrating. I can't really remember if I was annoyed or not, but it's been quite a while, and we're dying to see what's happening to these characters. Yeah. Instead, we get this episode. <laughs> Yes, we do. Um, so the one thing that makes this even worse, though, is that like Locke basically runs back to camp. You've got Charlie and Claire and Emily DeRaven in her esteemed acting abilities after seeing Santa slays just back to Santa's shit. There's Locke. What's he doing? Shouldn't you go over and check? <laughs> I specifically noted how annoying and how bad she was in this one scene. She said, who is this? What's going on? What's he doing? Like, Shut up! <laughs> Why can't she go and check? Like, Jesus Christ! Why does she expect everyone would know everything and she must do everything? <laughs> I've got a baby! No wonder she went missing for a season. <laughs> yeah, she's one of those mothers who's just incompetent. Oh, I can't, I've got a baby! I pushed a human out of my vagina! Oh, well, I can't do anything! Just <laughs> walk! Yeah. Two metres and ask the bald man where he's been, you lazy sod. <laughs> she, she's giving mothers a terrible name. Yes, and Australians. And blonde Australians people. Australians mothers. Blonde people. Women. Seriously, she's great in Santa Slay. You will like her in that movie. This, she's lost. Just, I hate her even more now. Uh, <laughs> Emily DeRam's school yeah. of acting. Pfft. Uh, 
I talked about how we missed Locke and we wanted to know what he's up to. We 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 could have left Emily for a few more episodes. Well, Charlie goes after Locke. He's at the church. We find out Locke can't speak. <laughs> I do like the, why? I do like the little charades game he plays when he's like picking up the sand. And I love Charlie. Sand, you need to speak to sand. <laughs> It's quite cute. He needs to speak to the island. I do love Charlie, though, in this episode when he's about to go he's a off. a bit of a dick. When he's like, they're not drugs now, are they, John? You wouldn't be taking drugs now, would you? <laughs> yeah, Charlie is very annoying. This I like him. I actually, I just think he's got every right to do it. And then when he's like, I need you to stand guard. I detest you, John. Remember when you punched me? Uh, <laughs> but he wants to build sweat lodge. <laughs> oh my god, Which this he, episode. How quickly does he knock that up? That's a pretty decent <laughs> sweat lodge. <laughs> Mike, and, Mike and Jan had him on sweat lodge duty every day. So he goes in. He, uh, I, I, I lost media. In the sweat lodge after eating his drug. <laughs> <laughs> I love that the juju paste makes a return. It's been a while. Well, it's also referred to as... Island pudding or Locke's truck? <laughs> I'm pudding. Is there a uh, Wikipedia, uh, Lost Wiki? There sweat is. Log? And you've got, oh no, on the sweat lodgers, but I'm reading Locke's drug. And then it says on here. Juju it literally says here unanswered questions. Is the real purpose of the drug to see visions? Did Locke create the mixture himself? Well, who else did it, Claire? <laughs> Sweat Lodge. Trivia. Sweat Lodge. Oh, it's from it, apparently. <laughs> um, bibliography. <laughs> what? Oh, there's no theories on the Sweat Lodge. Uh, oh, but there's a little thing on Mike and Jan. Oh, that's... Locks speed. A more detailed summary of his vision quest. <laughs> What we've all been waiting for. But hang on, the best part of this episode is about to happen, Noah. So he's in the sweat lodge, he's waiting. What's gonna happen? Who's gonna appear? Who will it be? Is it Mike and Jan? Is it Eddie? Is it, is it? <laughs> oh, just imagine if Mike and Jan showed up. Is it his dad? Is it Mr. Echo? Who is it? It's, no, it's, it's Boot! <laughs> yeah, the only saving grace of this episode. That and the fact that Terry O'Quinn is shirtless. Uh, <laughs> talk about. Talk about daddy. I just love the fact that his poor old Ian Summerholder just hanging around Hawaii still. Please, please let me be in the show. All right, Ian, you can come on for one episode. Even though it's so unnecessary, this is just the greatest greatest part of early season three. I, Boone is back, and, and he's on fire. But this is, he's good. Like, he is good. He's looking good. The hair's good. Everything's good. Like, Ian, you're good. A bit longer. Yeah. The flash side where he's growing his hair out a bit. I'll tell you one thing. If this is 2018, he'd have the man bun. Imagine Ian Summerhold with a man bun. I'd, I'd be down for that. Oh, stop it. Uh, <laughs> calm down. We need to have a cold shower. <laughs> but I do love this most random little sequence where he's uh, in the what end. Is- I mean, I kind of like it, but why is it even in the episode? I think it's funny, because, like, I don't think it's meant to be funny, but you've got shirtless Locke in a wheelchair, just pointing, going... (laughs) (laughs) My favourite is when he points to Desmond, and Boone says, oh, he's helping himself. (laughs) 
And he's been playing four air hostesses, laughing and smiling. God, he is helping himself, isn't he? Hurley's working for Oceanic Air. <laughs> God, this whole sequence is... I mean, I love Bloody Boone. Bloody Boone is back, but... Yeah, literally bloody boot. And he's just standing there. What does he even say, like, to John when he's, like, all covered in blood? Um, you don't have much time. Clean it up, John. And then Locke goes flying out of the tent. And he's just like, hello. I like when he's crawling up the escalator. <laughs> <laughs> That's where um, Boone should be at the top going. What is it? She fell down the stairs and fell up the stairs or whatever. Ther- <laughs> yeah. Theresa. Well, this is this is where they see uh, Ben and uh, Jack and he said, oh, no, it's not their time yet. Mr. Echo is like on death row at the moment. Go and save Jack. It is their time. They're in dire. Locke, um, Sawyer and Kate are literally in prison. <laughs> What do you mean it's not their time? <laughs> it's always about you, John. Um, but um, he then has to go oh, say... Boone. He's oh, Boone. Rip Boone. He, you said he comes back this season, doesn't he? So we see him again. Yeah, he's back. Oh, bring it on. Bring it on. It's already been too too soon. Um, and Shannon. Oh, that's right. Shannon. We remember her. <laughs> I like Shannon. Don't be mean. Um, she shouldn't be with Sayid, though. So he's got to go say Miss Echo's life um they find mr echo's cross in the bush um they see a polar bear um god they haven't improved oh no it's not this bit isn't it but they still haven't improved the special effects for the polar bears um they see the exploded hatch they find a dead boar uh (laughs) what else is there oh they hear a noise lock throws a knife and nearly kills her (laughs) Imagine if it was Hurley leaving the show. Oh my god! Just he's kind of funny though. He's like, and he's just like, dude, dude. <laughs> is that Poor all Hurley? Is that all you're gonna say when a knife comes flying at your water canteen? <laughs> and this is another thing that I think is lost. Pardon the pun. I guess because it's three episodes in. Like you forget that Hurley escaped. Well, he didn't escape. He got let go from the yeah, the others. He's just been walking all this time. <laughs> Poor Hurley. Uh, so Hurley explains to Locke and Charlie what happened. Uh, Locke basically tells him to piss off and go back and tell other people. <laughs> um, like, what an ass. I know, poor Hurley. Um, so Charlie also warns Hurley about the polar bear. Um, yep, they then find a cave. Um, Can I just point out? One line that makes me absolutely cringe. It's just ridiculous. When they're talking about polar bears and Charlie says, oh, yeah, when I used to get high and watch nature programs on the beep. <laughs> on the oh, beep. my God. <laughs> if you were Ch- high. Charlie did not get high and watch nature programs. How do you remember that, though? Like, I mean. And it, he's not like a weed smoker. He's <laughs> a heroin junkie. <laughs> He's not turning on the BBC and watching David Attenborough. <laughs> All the heroin addicts I know just didn't do it for a high. They do it to appreciate nature documentaries better. Like, dude, He's imagine how... hookers and playing rock and roll. Imagine how great David Attenborough would be talking about polar bears if we were smoking some crack, man. Heroin. <laughs> pass me the needle, pass me the needle. 
wow, Paul appears a so. I'm sorry. And even if he... Everything re- about that line. But even when he says, polar bears are ridiculously smart, you were fucking on drugs. Like, I mean... <laughs> you're probably floating in space talking to a polar bear about the string theory or something Charlie's like that. Charlie's brother missed, missed his child's birth because he was a heroin junkie, but Charlie never never will miss an atom, bro. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> oh. Well, let's be honest, though. Once we once Planet Earth is- once we finish our Murphy Brown recap, we are going to be doing the David Attenborough recap. The complete Attenborough. <laughs> complete Launching all of it on the same day. The complete Attenborough set. <laughs> Breaking the internet. Oh, so Noah, what do you think about this episode when he describes a polar bear as being ridiculously smart? Wrench. <laughs> Trivia. Charlie referenced this episode in episode three of season three of Lost. <laughs> Theory. <laughs> Polar bears aren't really that smart. <laughs> Attenborough was a member of Geronimo <laughs> Can I just put out the odds? Like, this polar bear is molting as well, because everywhere they walk in the bush, it's like clumps of polar bears. <laughs> Why is it shedding so much fur? <laughs> like, what's wrong with it? <laughs> it's leaving a trail. It's not that smart, Charlie. <laughs> Maybe it's like Kate, they're leaving a false trail. This is where we need Kate on the trail. Oh no, I think the polar bear went that way. I think it's leaving a false trail behind. It's double backing. (laughs) They go into a cave, which is where he thinks that um, Echo will be. There's a yellow Tonka truck in there. (laughs) Why? That was warped. Uh, echoes on the ground, and then the worst-looking polar bear in the world is back as it tries to attack Mr. Echo, to which Locke... I do, actually, the one line I will say backtracking that I actually think is funny, when Locke pulls out the hairspray, <laughs> Charlie's like, well, I hate to point out the obvious. <laughs> That's pretty good. That is funny. Um, but, yeah, so he basically... <laughs> Fireballs the polar bear, who just whimpers off back into the cave. Uh, I don't think polar what bears live in season caves. One, like, what's he say in season one? Like, anyone who watches TV can make a short fuse. <laughs> anyone who watches nature programs can make a flamethrower. I, I just, I, I mean, polar bears are snow animals. Do they have caves? Yeah, I mean, I don't think they live on islands, so. Okay. Touche, touche. <laughs> Meanwhile, he saves Miss Echo. Again, this is a uh, drugged out Triple uh, A, basically um, not acting here. Duty based Triple A. I think he's seeing visions of Boone right now. He's not acting. This is what lost people do to your contract when you want to leave. Just remind- <laughs> this is why no one ever voluntarily left the show after this. <laughs> Can I just remind everyone, this is the second last time we'll ever see him, ever. And this is what he's doing. Goodbye. What does he have, one line in the whole episode? (laughs) No more, hello, (laughs) moving forward. It's all goodbye. Can I borrow a saw? (laughs) Mr. Echo FM's going to be cancelled. Hello, listeners. I have some bad news. Well, the radio, it's just radio silence now with one line. I have been knocked out and dragged into a cave by a polar bear. I will no longer Almost laugh. You have to think, did they say, like, uh, Adewale, we really need you for two episodes? And he's like, no, I'm only doing one, but we need you for two. Like, all right, well, don't make me do anything. (laughs) 
<laughs> Why don't they just that, kill him? Episode five. Yeah, why did they even go through the whole palaver? Just make it that Locke found him dead? Yeah. Like, at this point, like, you may as well. May as well just killed him off in the final episode of last season. Like, I mean, nothing comes out of him being in two episodes. <laughs> no, how much did Adam Wiley get paid just to lay on the ground lifeless and grunt? Probably got paid, like, more than we have in our lifetime. Like, that's, <laughs> that's a sad thing. <laughs> I'm actually going to cry myself to sleep after you just said that, because it's probably true. You and I have podcasted on, what, hundreds upon hundreds of episodes since 2011. How much have we been paid? Nothing. We did 33 hours ranking Survivor contestants for free. (laughs) (laughs) On Hawaii. On Hawaii comes in, grunts. We did 256 episodes of Murphy Brown in four months. <laughs> Not a dime. <laughs> what if I can oh do my that? God. I, suddenly, suddenly I'm hating Adewale Akinawa Akabaji. <laughs> um, I'm just seeing here if it actually says how much did he get paid on loss, but I can't see it. I don't want to know. <laughs> Too much. <laughs> don't tell me. Oh, my God. Um, Something got very depressing this episode. Meanwhile, Hurley comes across. It's about to get even better, though, because uh, Naked Desmond's on our screen. <laughs> oh, that makes up for it, I guess. Hurley comes across Naked Desmond, and Hurley's very scared of naked men. <laughs> I, do like- I, I love Hurley's line, though. Bear, is that you? <laughs> Gives him a shirt. I love how he sniffs his shirt before he gives it. Why is he naked, though? Why does he what? Why is he naked? It's completely unnecessary. Well, just like this episode. So, I mean, it's kind of doesn't really matter, does it? Why is it Locke naked? He's in a sweat lodge. Why is it Mr. Echo naked? I mean, Locke was half naked. I want Mr. Echo but why, naked. Like, so that the hatch... <laughs> yeah, if, if they're going to if they're gonna make Adewale do nothing, they might as well make him do a dick shot or something. <laughs> if, if he's going to get paid all that money for nothing. <laughs> if this was HBO. <laughs> Adewale's life... Naked body would be like. If Lost was HBO, would. <laughs> oh, poor Evangeline Lily. <laughs> Zooming in on Desmond Slong, whipping around as he's running through the bushes, hurling <laughs> dick shots. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> oh my god. You know, Michelle Rodriguez would be naked in every single scene. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um. Yes, so they're running around. Desmond's wearing a giant tie-dye shirt. Explains to him about the fail-safe key. Um, and we learn a little bit that... Um, I mean, I guess it does explain it, doesn't it, to an extent, um, that he did that. Um, and then we have... This is where Desmond kind of gives a bit of... Because I, I always get confused with this bit, because Desmond says... Calm down, Locke is going to save them, just like he said in his speech. And we haven't seen it at that point, have we? Because we're going to get that as kind of the cliffhanger, right? Like, I'm so confused at this point. Yeah. <laughs> thinking, yes, you're correct. Have I missed something here or something like that? This um, whole season is about Desmond seeing the future. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> when Ben gets confused, he laughs it off. Yeah. That's why I laugh all the time, Noah, because I'm just constantly confused. What's your name? What's a podcast? Uh, 
Meanwhile, um, Locke hears Echo talk and apologising. It was all my fault, John. Um, no, that's not what he said. Locke does it. <laughs> See, I don't even know what's happening. Locke's missed Echo now, apparently. Uh, no one tells me I can't be Mr. Echo. Uh, <laughs> meanwhile, um, Locke's only imagining this because <laughs> Miss Echo's dead to the world. Um, <laughs> And Charlie comes back and yes, Locke realizes he's had a vision. Then they're all back at the camp and then I guess Locke is the leader now. And is this our very first Nikki and Paolo appearance? Yeah. Nikki and Paolo are officially in the show now Ugh. for a very short time. God damn it. Um, so we'll yes. We'll talk more about them later. Nikki and Paolo question Locke because they're those survivors that we've uh, been waiting to see. They're all worried about Jack and everything. I couldn't they got Melissa Roxburgh. I know. Candace Bergman, was she not available? Like, you know? <laughs> who, who is Nikki? Who is she? Um, <laughs> well, it's a good question. Yeah, it is. We'll find out soon in an episode that we think you think this is pointless. Uh, Kel, what's her name? Kylie Sanchez? Kelly. Yeah. Actually, Rodrigo Santoro is in a HBO show, so. Do you get to see Schlong? I can't remember. Oh, he's the, uh, the guy in Love. I actually. would have remembered. Yeah. Shares he's a, in Westworld, which is great. Shares a birthday with Adewale Akini Like <laughs> <laughs> That's why he wasn't talking. He had to work on his birthday. <laughs> Uh, Locke basically addresses a group saying that, um, everyone's gone and they're going to go off and find their friends. And this is where Hurley is like, whoa, deja vu, dude. Uh, there's a glitch in the matrix. There's a glitch in the matrix, Hurley. You better hurry up. There's an answer coming. Charlie just has the worst lines in this episode because then he says, what does he say? Like, not a bad speech. (laughs) It wasn't a good speech at all. (laughs) <laughs> like Jack has lived together, die alone, all these inspiring things. He just said, "Oh yeah, we're gonna go and look for him." Which, let's be honest, it's Charlie. Not a bad speech. Charlie kind of just, you know, ten minutes ago he was hating on Locke, and now he's like, "Not bad speech." <laughs> like, yeah, this episode. little doe eyes. But I mean, it's kind of like it is a bit freaky though at the end when you kind of like, "Whoa, what does Desmond know?" <gasps> oh, shock plot twist. Um, yeah. Anyway, do you have anything else to add? <laughs> No, this episode, ah, no wonder we delayed these recordings for so long. I just want to see a deleted scene here. Deleted scenes. Um, there was a scene which deleted... Oh, Nicky and Paolo's sex scene. Yeah, another deleted scene. Introduces Nicky and Paolo, Cliff finds of having sex inside Jack's tent. (laughs) You can watch that. Really? It's available. Oh, okay, good to know. Um... Actually, I think it's a better way of introducing them. And let's face it, they had time in this episode. <laughs> yes. Uh, so we're beating this episode, right? Yeah, this will go down. I think Fire and Water is worse. Further instructions will easily go down as a bottom five episode. And it's such a... People are very high on season three, but this is a good counterpoint against season three. I mean, I like season three, but... This is the kind of episodes that really convince the network that, okay, we need an end date because we can't keep producing shite like this. Um, from Charlie's cringy lines to the most pointless plot line about getting in, hopping in a sweat lodge and then finding <laughs> Echo, which was pointless anyway because he dies in two episodes' time and he barely says a word in this episode and it doesn't progress anything and the flashback is ridiculous. And, yeah, it will go down as a bottom five. I think it's absolutely a bin. 
It's been... Oh, my God, what was this episode? Even though Boone's in it, um, I've got this currently as the third worst episode. So I have Fire and Water and Dave below this. So... Oh, Dave wasn't... Dave was not good, but it was better than this shit. Well, it's opinion subjective, Noah. Uh, <laughs> don't it take be subjective when it comes to further instruction. Don't take my feelings down out of this. Uh, do we have any questions or answers in this episode, or we don't give a shit? <laughs> I guess it would just be what's up with Desmond's vision. What's up with and, and what were the producers smoking when they drafted this episode? What's up with Desmond's doodle? Uh, <laughs> No, all right. Uh, okay, cool. So next week we have every man for himself, which is a bit sexist. Um, a bit offended. Uh, but it's a Sawyer episode, is it not? Um, at least in the flashbacks. Yep. So, uh, do we like this episode? Uh, again, this is probably more on the, um, what's it called, Glass Ballerina level. Again, this first stretch of six episodes, bar the premiere, is just easily the weakest run of the show, hands down. And we'll talk more about the first six, maybe on the sixth episode. It's fine. We get Sawyer in prison. We get George Costanza. Um, There's some good things, stuff with the island, lots of good Ben Sawyer stuff going on. So there's some stuff to look forward to, but ultimately it's a pretty unmemorable, pretty meh episode. But I love Sawyer, so it'll be fun to just watch him uh, and some bunnies next episode. Oh, is that the bunny episode when he shakes the bunny? Yeah. I like that. Well, not the hurting of the bunny, but that sounds a bit sadistic. Anyway, moving on. Um, <laughs> I like shaking bunnies. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, subscribe to all the relevant channels, uh, count down the days to Murphy Brown. That joke will never get old. And uh, we appreciate your company on this episode because otherwise I would be alone. Uh, my name is Ben, and how do you feel about tie-dye? And my name is Nora, and... <sighs> oh, my God, Mike and Jan... Jesse, you can all go to hell. This is ridiculous. Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.